You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Once is an accident, twice, maybe a coincidence, and three times, that is a trend. And we we are facing a trend here with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Cincinnati Bengals in week 13 take care of business at home, beating the Chiefs yet again at Paycor Stadium. Last three meetings, 3-0, two on their home field for the Bengals, one at Arrowhead Stadium. And bragging rights are starting to take place. Playoff seating is starting to clear up. And here we go. The Cincinnati Bengals are making a run at things with a big, big win. 27-24 over the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Uh, That game had all kinds of ebbs and flows. And we're going to talk about some of those tonight. We're going to talk more tomorrow with myself and John Sheeran as we break down the game, as well as just kind of throughout the week on CincyJungle.com and our podcast, The Orange and Black Insider. I'm Anthony Cazenza, and good to be with you. Some of you are staying up late with me. Uh, it's not so late for me right now. I mean, it's a little late. It's 10, uh, my time, but, you know, maybe one uh, for, for some of you joining live or maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later. Uh, <laughs> already with the comment of the night, Stephen Turner on YouTube, Game Ball goes to Higby. Yeah, yeah, Higby. Um Look, there's a lot to take in here. I'm still kind of at a loss for words on this thing. And this was this was a big, big win for the Bengals, no doubt. And we're going to talk about a lot of that. Um, really, quite honestly, um, before we pull up the stats and team stats and all that kind of stuff, there's really kind of one thing that I would say this that, that kind of was the image of this game or, and, and, and I apologize to the audio listeners. Uh, this is where you kind of maybe want to tune into the video side of things, but um, no audio here. This is just a video for those tuning in on Facebook or our YouTube channel or on Twitter. This is really what it, what it symbol. This, this was the symbol of the game here, quite honestly.
And that 15 seconds of dead air or 12 seconds of dead air, whatever that you just experienced on the audio side of things, that is some Ajay P. Ryan absolutely flooring Justin Reed with a vicious stiff arm to pick up a lot of good yardage there. Justin Reed, of course, the Chiefs defensive back who had a lot to say, couldn't seemingly remember a lot of Bengals players on offense. And uh, we don't know if that was a little bit of an act to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit. Regardless, I will say this to Justin Reed's credit at the end of the game, he was asked about a little bit of eating crow. And he kind of said per, per some of the local media members there, look, I I apologize. I didn't remember Hayden Hurst's name. I should have, you know, had a little more respect than that. Um, you know, the video is out there, you can see it, but, uh, you know, he does kind of walk it back a little bit. And obviously after a loss, that's kind of what happens. But, uh, Justin Reed literally taking one on the chin from Samaje P Ryan right there and the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals there. Um, look, there, there are so many different things we can say about this win, this team, there is no doubt right now that this Bengals team is even grittier and seemingly more talented than last year. And they still have that thing in their DNA ingrained in their DNA, this grittiness that gets you a win in a lot of different ways. This game started to spiral out of control for the Bengals towards the, you know, when the third quarter, and by the way, the Chiefs are absolutely fantastic in the third quarter. Their offense and and defense really has played fantastic in the third quarter, and it kind of seemed like, okay, there it is. This was nice for a little while. The Bengals had that nice lead, and really, it almost seemed like you had a narrative shift in terms of how the Bengals had won the last two matchups. You know, Chiefs got up pretty big early, then the Bengals caught up in the second quarter, third quarter, and then made a made a last second win of it. And it started to feel a little bit of the opposite because the game at one point was uh fourteen to three. Uh and and then all of a sudden, you know, fourteen to ten, seventeen, fourteen, and you know, so it started to pull away a, a bit for the for the Bengals there at the end, and and so you kind of felt like, okay, there's the Chiefs. They're getting things rolling. And lo and behold, the Bengals, I don't want to say I put it out in the universe and made it happen, but I put out a tweet that said, hey, you know, right now the Bengals are trading field goals. This was late in the game, kind of end of third quarter, early fourth. Right now the Bengals are trading field goals for Kansas City touchdowns. What they need to do is get like two stops with the remaining possessions that they have. Two stops. And, and then they can continue scoring points and they'll win this game. Well, lo and behold, a couple of plays later, Jermaine Pratt strips the ball from Travis Kelsey. High effort play from Kelsey to keep kind of marching down the field and carrying tacklers. High effort play from Pratt to not give up on that play and keep kind of trying to pry that ball out. Bengals get the ball and they're back in business. Then they, you know, they, they hold him to a long field goal opportunity after the Bengals score, they hold him to a long field goal opportunity and the chiefs end up missing that field goal. And the rest is kind of history. The Bengals kind of go on their way and they made just enough plays. And, and quite honestly, folks, and we'll pull up the drive summary here. The Bengals left a lot of points on the board this week. Um, a, a fourth down 
situation kind of earlier in the game that ended up blowing up in their face. That's one area where you can go, wow, they left at least three points there. And then later in the game, you know, they had another touchdown there. Uh, It was Boyd right kind of cruising into the end zone. Great throw by Burrow, just an inexplicable drop. And so the, you know, this could be even a, a different looking game. This could have been not as close as it would have seemed here. So still, a really one of those classic games again the last three games between these teams Bengals have won all of them but they've won all of them by a field goal they just find ways against this team and you gotta credit Lou Anarumo and what his defensive unit does against Patrick Mahomes and this team and for some reason you can kind of see it a little bit in Mahomes now granted he is amazing he is amazing there's no doubt about it. You can kind of see it against this Bengals team now when it gets close and it's late, there gets to be a tiny, tiny bit of panic, it looks like. Just a tiny bit of panic. I credit Mahomes a lot, though. That touchdown run, you know he wanted that one. You know he and the Chiefs wanted this game and that play really symbolized it. And quite honestly, you know, I, I think the the right call was kind of made because the ball barely broke the plane and then he fumbled it and then, you know, all, all the chaos kind of ensued there. Regardless, um, you know, I, I just found that to be a really, really kind of a passion play um, by Patrick Mahone, Mahomes in that dive into the end zone. And that's when you kind of felt like, oh man, maybe this just isn't. The Bengals may just may not have enough today. The emotion level and everything, it just may be playing a bigger part in this than we want to admit. And lo and behold, the Bengals just kind of kind of keep uh I don't know. They just they find a way against this team. They find a way against this team. And uh, you know, they've they've done a lot of good things. And you know, we'll we'll talk about the stats in just a second. But man, P Ryan coming in over hundred yards and uh, uh, over 150 yards from script. I mean, just a guy that comes in, does the work, you know, not overly flashy, nothing what he does is super fancy, just picks up yards, just picks up first downs. And so now the conversation is shifting a little bit. Mixon misses this game. We all love Joe Mixon, and he is a leader in this locker room. He has done a great, great number of things for this team. But P. Ryan's kind of the hot hand right now. And so that's going to be an interesting conversation when, if, and when, you know, that, that has to be had, I think all things considered, you'd still give Mixon a lot of carries, a lot of touches because he isn't a productive back as well, but you can't really deny what P Ryan's been doing in the offense in this stretch here. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we witnessed here. And I guess good of a place as any to start is the actual box score. Let's pull that up. And this is courtesy of ESPN, a masterful day by Joe Burrow. Absolutely masterful day. Quite honestly, especially in that, you can see here, and we'll, we'll show the drive summary, you see that third quarter there where the Chiefs had 14 points and Cincinnati had three You, the the margin of error at that point in the game was razor thin. 
The Bengals could not afford a turnover. They could not afford sacks. They could not afford bad decisions by their quarterback. And he did not disappoint. Six incompletions, one of which includes that Tyler Boyd drop for 286 yards, two touchdowns through the air, another through the ground. Look at the rating, 126.6, only one sack taken. That wasn't a great decision at the end of the game uh, there to, to take that one. But regardless, I mean, it, it didn't end up hurting him all that much. Just a great, great, gutsy, gutsy game by Joe Burrow in a game that they just had to have. You know, Mahomes, not so much a Mahomes-like game. Uh, still made some some pretty big throws, a couple of which were the downfield, you know, big kind of, uh, you know, outbodied the defensive back kind of kind of catch by uh, Valdez Scantling there. But 16 of 27 for 223, one touchdown, two sacks on Mahomes, a 98.2 rating, no interceptions, almost had one early in the game. That's another area where you go, man. You know, you're talking about the boy drop. You're talking about the the failed fourth down conversion, an interception that that could have been had there by Patrick Mahomes. This is a completely different looking game. But I mean, it is what it is. You don't make every single play. You make more than the other team, though, and get the win. So that's what counts. But I think if you were to say, "Hey, Mahomes throws for two twenty three and one touchdown, and you get two sacks on him," you'd say, "I think I would take that most every single time you take Patrick, you, you face Patrick Mahomes." Um, and then Pacheco had a couple of nice runs and a lot of these nice runs here. You can see the chiefs ran for a lot of yards, 25 for 138, five and a half and two touchdowns on the ground as a team. And that was because the Bengals were playing a lot of, you know, zone eight men back doing what they have done against Mahomes that, that had been effective and credit to the chiefs. They countered well this time because in the other games, they weren't really running the ball. They kept trying to force the ball via pass. And this time what they did, and it worked well for them. This time what they did is they said, you know what? When we see those looks all too often and guys aren't going to be open, when we do not have a Tyreek Hill anymore in this game, we're going to run the ball. Uh, Mahomes, I mean, took a couple carries himself, but you had Sky Moore on a 12-yard carry, uh, carry. Jarek McKinnon, who had been out most of the week of practice, had 51 yards on eight carries for a, almost a six-and-a-half yard per carry average isaiah pacheco was picking up positive yardage every time he touched the football 14 carries 66 4.7 yards per carry average so i mean you look at that and you go wow they really ran the ball well cincinnati did a little better 21 for 106 on the ground for samaj p ryan a five yard per carry average but again you look at this they're not breaking off the gigantic runs right a 10-yarder and a 16-yarder by Burrow, who did a couple of nice things with his legs, escaping the pocket, 11 carries by him, 46 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Travion Williams had a three-yarder. I mean, it was really Pirine doing the bulk of the carries on the ground. Burrow had some nice ones as well. So 34 carries for 152 yards for the Bengals. And what this was about, when you look at 31 passes by Burrow, 34 carries by the Bengals offense. When you look at this, this was keep away football. And this was keep that Chiefs offense off of the field. If we can run the ball effectively and have some timely, solid passing from our quarterback, we're going to win this game. And that's exactly what they executed on offense. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So a lot of good things from the Bengals side of things there. And, you know, Kansas City ran the ball pretty well as, uh, as a team too. Marquez Valdez Scantling, MVS, two catches for 71. <laughs> I mean, a 35 and a half yard per catch average by him. Uh, two big catches from him. Kelsey, four for 56. Didn't kill you. Didn't get in the end zone. Had the fumble. Smith Schuster, three for 35. Pacheco had 16 more yards through the air. So, I mean, it was just, you know, a couple of guys doing a couple of nice things, including MVS having some nice jump ball catches. But other than that, there wasn't a ton of killer plays through the air for the Chiefs. Chase had a 40-yarder. That was nice. Almost cracked 100 yards coming back. Seven catches for 97 on eight targets. Tyler Boyd, four for 60. The only miss was that, ooh, that one in the end zone. P. Ryan giving you another 49 through the through the air on six catches giving you over 150 yards from scrimmage from him. Higgins, just three for 35, had the big touchdown and the big first down conversion late in the game that ended up leading out the clock. So a nice game from him. Wilcox getting involved in the passing game, one for 13. That was on the opening drive, I believe. One for 12 from Irwin. Uh, quiet day from Hurst, two, two for 12. But uh, And then Evans had the one catch for the touchdown and a pretty awesome celebration after that <laughs> as well. So you like that. And then uh, Pratt getting the the fumble recovery, forced and recovery there. You like that on defense. Um, you know, Bates, your, your leading tackler with eight. Wilson up there with seven. Uh, Bell did have a pass defended. Uh, DJ Reader, three tackles and a pass defended. So, I mean, nothing truly spectacular. It was just kind of a committee effort. You had the sack early from Hubbard. Um, that was a that was a nice play. And then the, you know what I really liked here from Osai? He had that important sack late. And he, on the initial rush, over-pursued. He over-pursued Mahomes and he got a little too greedy and I think maybe 
because he's a younger player, uh, hadn't really had the experience against Patrick Mahomes, maybe underestimated Mahomes' agility and or ability to kind of dance around the pocket, avoid pressure, that sort of thing. So he overran him and then recovered well. And because of that athleticism, because of that speed, he was able to come back and get Mahomes for a big sack there. I believe that one, we'll double check on that, but I believe that one was the one that uh, ended up forcing the long field goal attempt that ended up being missed. So uh, a good a good play by him. And then, you know, just kind of a tackles here and there from a, from a couple of other guys and only three passes defended in total. So again, it's just kind of like, don't let the big play kill you. And the Bengals largely did that. McPherson, two of two on field goals, three of three on extra points, nine points, perfect, automatic. Nothing huge in terms of the length of the kicks, 41 being the long of the day. But um, yeah, this, uh, you know, another perfect day from him. You know, the punters didn't do all that much, just one punt, a pop there because these teams were going for it a lot on fourth down. Um, So, and or converting and moving it. So not a lot of punting, two punts in total, one each by by each team there and Butker having that one miss uh big miss at the end there and then of course one of two did hit a 26 yarder and was perfect on his extra points there so yeah uh you know kind of a tail of the tape there a little bit with with things and the Bengals you know showing some nice things statistically from their quarterback from their receivers. And that's what I liked about this game. When I talk about Osai, when you talk about Boyd, you talk about some of these guys that had kind of either big initial mistakes and recovered immediately or recovered later, that sort of thing. It it was kind of just a nice rebound and Hey, this could have been a crushing moment, whether it's Boyd's drop, whether it was, you know, Osai maybe missing that sack. If he didn't get back and get Mahomes down to the ground, they, they just kept working. They just kept grinding through things. They kept working. They knew that the Chiefs were going to keep coming at them, and they still came in and, and did got the win and were able to overcome certain things that weren't going their way, were able to overcome the Chiefs, again, kind of, kind of doing their thing. And really, I, I said it before, I credit the Chiefs really working that run game because that was something that they – more or less decided to not really go forward with too much in the past matchups. They saw that this was a a similar kind of situation where they were dropping a ton of guys in coverage and not letting Mahomes, you know, kind of doing a little bit of a contained kind of defense up front, not letting Mahomes, you know, scramble around and play too much of that backyard football type of thing. And so the Chiefs just said, you know, we're going to run the ball then. You're leaving us a lot of space up here. We're going to run the ball. And they got chunk yardage out of it. Uh, and, and for a while, it was working well for him. We are going to move on to the drive summary. And, you know, I don't want to belabor a lot of stuff, but just really what I like about this is just even just snapshot looking at this and seeing how the, the game flowed and seeing different things that transpired in this game. I think it, it kind of gives a good point of reference here with everything you see here the Bengals march down the field immediately seven nothing chiefs respond nicely seven three Bengals march down again their first two drives accounted for 20 plays so chiefs defense was on the field quite a bit immediately and the Bengals just kept boom just chunk plays chunk plays and it was a lot of you know what it was? It was early down runs that netted 
a lot of positive yardage to set their drives up well. Um, you know, you see here Burrow for eight on the ground and then a short middle pass to Chase. Only two yards on that first down. Um, but then there was a penalty there. Uh, and then they just kind of kept moving, kept grinding through it. Then a couple of punts. Then this is where the Chiefs kind of found some momentum. Look at this stretch here. Of their next four drives, be it right before the half or kind of midway through the second, all the way through the latter part, I believe, of the third quarter. Look at that. Touchdown. Then the Bengals responded with that drive that was just kind of a killer, especially at the moment. Downs. Uh, I mean, you get an end to half possession. Do you really even count that as a possession? There's a couple plays that were going to kneel down on it. So then it's touchdown right away. As it's touchdown, you kind of kneel down after you stop the Bengals on downs. Touchdown out of the gate. Bengals respond with a field goal. Touchdown again. Bengals respond with a field goal. And this is where it was like uh, 24-20. Can't really give up any more points. And they didn't. Um, you know, you get the fumble and the missed field goal there. This situation here. Now, I know a lot of people, and of course, they'll be like Mr. Hindsight guy saying, oh, well, of course you're going to say that because they didn't, <laughs> they didn't get the, the ball into the end zone there. Here's kind of where my mindset was. Uh, initially, I liked that, that they were going for it. I liked that they were going for it. I liked that they were out there and, and they had a play, and then it looked like they were maybe going to – I don't know if the – the initial, what I would like to know is if their initial mindset was we're going to call a play, but we almost kind of saw him kind of jump. So we're going to let that bleed out and cut, try and get them to jump and then call a timeout and do whatever we're going to do. Or if it was uh, just initially, we were just going to try and get him to jump. You know, I, I don't really know exact if it was what, what the, what the motive was there after you saw them jump and you didn't snap the football. I probably would have said, you know what? We missed an opportunity there. I know it's a yard. I know we're a few yards away from the end zone. Let's just kick it. Um, and I know who's on the other side. I like aggressiveness. I like I like doing that. I understand all of it. I understand being aggressive with, with that. It's just those one of those weird situations where you kind of say, you know, Let's just kind of take the house money a little bit and get a couple of points. We're close to halftime. They won't have much, too much time left on the clock, you know, less than a minute. Let's maybe just bleed this one out, kick the field goal and uh, get it, get some points, feel pretty good about things in the going into halftime. And then they get the ball. And so, you know, when you get the ball, you're tied up. Well, excuse me, when they get the ball, you know, it would have been 17 to 10. Who knows what, you know, Kansas City's mindset or play calling would have been a little bit with it, with that kind of lead. You know what I'm saying? There's just, there's just a situation where you go, man, maybe you just would have taken that field goal. I understand. And it's hindsight and all that kind of stuff. So it's easy to say that from here. I, I just, when you didn't get them to jump off sides and you had them jumping off sides and you didn't snap the football, you call the timeout there. I kind of would have just said, you know what, let's just kick it. Let's just kick it and regroup and, and, you know, figure out where we're going from there. 
regardless, it didn't end up killing them because they ended up winning the game. But that's just a scenario where you go, man. And and again, this is where the Chiefs were really, really getting after it. Again, touchdown. You get the end of half, which was you know not even really a drive. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Really. Um, and then the Bengals response there, a couple of field goals, and then you get the fumble. So interesting situation. And I think a lot of people would debate what you would do there. I'm sure a lot of people probably wouldn't agree with me and probably still like the call, even though they didn't get in there, the Bengals getting into the end zone there, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's just my, my thought. And really, if it was just, you snapped the ball and you didn't get it. Okay, fine. But you, you had an opportunity to kind of get that first down. That's kind of where I said, you know, you missed an opportunity here. Maybe the signs, if you want to say it was the universe telling you, hey, don't go after, don't go for this. Um, that's That was kind of my sign. But at any rate, maybe I'm just uh, superstitious that way or something like that. So here's just a couple of team stats. And there is a lot of, there are a lot of things in here that are pretty even. And it's indicative of the score. We're going to talk about this, and then we're going to go through some uh, playoff seeding and just updated playoff picture, that sort of thing, what happened score-wise around the league. And then we'll have more for you tomorrow for myself and John Sheeran for our Aftermath show. Here are the team stats. You can see eight drives uh, apiece for both teams. Um, 26 first downs to 20, and really that was just the Bengals being able to extend drives with – with running the football. Now, don't get me wrong. The chiefs were as well. They were doing that a bit as well, but really towards the end there, the Bengals were, were able to extend drives and they had drives that were a little bit longer um, in terms of amount of plays and whatnot, passing first downs, 15 for the Bengals, 11 for the chiefs. That's kind of surprising. Rushing first downs, eight for the Bengals, nine for the chiefs first down from penalties. That is a key statistic. Zero for the Chiefs and three for the Bengals. And a lot of Chiefs fans are letting everybody know about that, that they think that is yet again why the Bengals won this game with the penalties and getting first downs off of them. Third down efficiency, pretty even. Six of 11 by the Chiefs, seven of 11 by the Bengals. Fourth down efficiency, two of two by the Chiefs. Excellent there. And Cincinnati 0-1, obviously that one being in the red zone. 54 total plays by the Chiefs, 66 for the Bengals, 349 total yards. This is where the Bengals pulled away here, almost 100 more yards. Uh, 349 for the Chiefs, 431 for the Bengals. Total drives, eight apiece. Look at the yards per play, though, six and a half and six and a half. Even there, passing a little bit more by the Bengals, 279 to 211. I talked about the stats between both of the quarterbacks there. Again, 152 to 138, rushing pretty close there. Yards per rush, I mean, Chiefs had a yard more per rush at five and a half yards to the Bengals' four and a half. Red zone, look at the trips in the red zone here. Seven trips in the red zone by the Bengals' offense, and they only converted on three of them. Again, when you talk about going forward on, you know, you get the two field goals, you miss the fourth down, that sort of thing. There there are a couple plays where you just go, man, this, this is where you go, oof. This game could have been a little bit different. Uh, three of four by the Chiefs. Now, this is where that penalty thing doesn't hold a ton of water with me. The Bengals had more penalties called against them, and 
twice, almost twice as much penalty yardage called against them, six for 65, as opposed to the Chiefs, four for 35. So that's where it doesn't hold a lot of water for me. The one turnover was killer, the Kelsey fumble. And then, of course, the time of possession, pretty even, 27-54 for the Chiefs to 32-06 for the Bengals. So, I mean, a lot of even stuff, but some glaring things there mostly in the Bengals' favor, some of which uh, were in the Chiefs' favor there. we got a lot of live listeners, live viewers right now for how late it is. I appreciate you. What is it, 1.30 for some of you around now? right now? That is awesome. And uh, 10.30 my time, and I'm already getting the, the tired eyes. But uh, anyway, it's good hanging out with all of you after a big, big win for the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's talk where playoff seedings are. And I got a bone to pick with the NFL.com people because check out this graphic. Is there something the Super Bowl LVII 52 or yeah, 52, right? Yeah, I'm tired. I don't know. Point is, you got Geno Smith on here. You got all these others on here. And there is one player. What, what team is not represented here? What team is not represented here? Odd, odd. Anyway, this looks to be updated as of Sunday night. The Bills now hold the number one seed in the AFC. Bengals and Bills, Kumbaya once again, doing each other solids, doing each other favors, and the fan base is just embracing each other. The team's embracing each other until they face each other. Bengals face the Bills, of course, after the new year and potentially in the postseason, depending on what happens there. Kansas City Chiefs drop to the two seed with that same nine and three record. The Ravens, we're going to talk about them in a minute. They did win today. Oh, boy. They got a lot going on there. Eight and four. The Tennessee Titans, whom the Bengals just beat, on top of the weak AFC South with a seven and five record. Uh, losing to the Eagles, by the way, this week. And the Bengals, who just beat the Kansas City Chiefs, they improved themselves to eight and four, move up a spot. They are the five seed with the Dolphins, whom the Bengals beat earlier this year. Yes, it was without Tua Tagovailoa for much of that game. Still, same record. Bengals have the tiebreaker thanks to that. Dolphins are the six seed. The Jets are the seven seed, seven and five. Can you believe it? Wow. And uh, that's how that's looking there. And then, of course, in the NFC, the Eagles, who just have that lone loss, 11-1. and one, They are the one seed. Minnesota Vikings at 10-2 and two, atop the NFC North. They are playing good football. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a couple of stumbles here for the Minnesota Vikings. They're still the two seed. The Niners with a big win over the Dolphins today. They are all of a sudden at 8-4. and four. The Niners, they were – what were they? 3-4 and four at, at some point? Or, I mean, they were – they were hurting, and now they're back up at eight and eight and four atop the NFC West. The Buccaneers at five and six are the four seed for the NFC South. Five and six, Oy. and then you got the Dallas Cowboys with the five seed at nine and three. The Giants seven four and one. They are the six seed, and the Seattle Seahawks in the playoff hunt seven and five. That is your current playoff seedings. And just to let you know what 
is going on or what happened today around the league. Here you go. We'll, we'll go through that, and then we're going to hop on out of here and let everybody uh, – maybe a couple final thoughts too, but we'll, we'll, we're going to just kind of show you some scores. Of course, this is just kind of a quick scoreboard around. See the Bills beat the Patriots on Thursday night. Packers get on the winning side of things, 28-19. Steelers eke one out over the Falcons, 19-16. Ugly. Minnesota beating the Jets, 27-22. The Lions all over the Jaguars, 40-14. Eagles, as I mentioned, all over the Titans, 35-10. Browns, uh, that was the Deshaun Watson return, was it not? 27-14. Commanders and the Giants tied, 20-20. Here's where things get interesting. We're going to come back to that one in just a second. The Niners all over the Dolphins, 33-17. to The Rams lose to the Seahawks, 27-23. Chargers all of a sudden are 6-6. Six and six. They lose to the Raiders, 27-20. Bengals, of course, winners over the Chiefs, 27-24. Cowboys all over the Colts, 54-19 on Sunday Night Football. The Colts are a mess. Speaking of messes, look at these two teams. The Broncos are arguably the most dysfunctional team based on their roster talent in the league. Nine points scored with Russell Wilson as your quarterback. That's like almost their average this year, it seems like. They cannot score points. The Ravens barely beat them. 10-9. to 10-9. to And that is with Lamar Jackson exiting the game with a knee injury. He's also got like a hip injury and all kinds of other stuff going on. So more to find out there. It's it's a tough pill to swallow when you're the, the Cincinnati Bengals and you see a score like that and you see that the Ravens have been struggling these past couple of weeks, yet somehow scraping together wins uh, and still managing to hang on to the AFC North lead at this point in time. So, hey, Aaron from Tucson. What's going on, Aaron? Good to see you. Thanks for joining us here. My West Coast, my West Coast friend with the uh, Pacific time zone or the, I don't know, you may be still an hour ahead. I, don't, I always forget how Arizona time works as compared to California. Sometimes you're an hour ahead. Sometimes you're the same time. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. Uh, anyway, it, if you're the Bengals right now and you see that score, not only are you pretty, <laughs> I'll, I'll say the PG version, you're pretty angry at what transpired, what, month and a half ago in terms of losing to the Baltimore Ravens the way you did and seeing the growth that you've had as a team right now and seeing where the Ravens are right now. Not only are you angry, you have to be chomping at the bit for the next opportunity against this team. I tend to think that the Ravens will still be in it late And I tend to still think that, you know, the Bengals will be as well, obviously. But those two teams are kind of trending in different directions right now. And so the Cincinnati Bengals have to be just chomping at the bit to get back at that team. I (laughs) There's a bit of irony with today and today's result. John Sheeran and I are going to talk about that later this week. But the irony is... The Bengals are 3-0 and the last three times they faced the Chiefs with this iteration of the coaching staff and the team and all that kind of stuff. And they are 
what one you know one in six something like that against the Browns these last handful I mean Zach Taylor is one win against the Browns essentially at this point so there's this weird dichotomy that the Bengals have the formula figured out seemingly against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs but they do not have the formula and do not have the matchups figured out against the Cleveland Browns. Now, granted, the Cleveland Browns have been better these past handful of years. They are not better this year, but they've been a better team than they were in the Marvin Lewis years. But it's just something that just sticks weird with you right now when, <laughs> when the Bengals can beat the Chiefs really in any given venue, in any given kind of scenario, all that, you know, regardless of who's in or who's out of the lineup, it seems yet they can't figure out the formula to, to beat the Cleveland Browns. But here we are. Bengals get the Browns back home this next week. We'll have to see exactly what happens. And Deshaun Watson comes back, uh, you know, played this week. Obvious signs of rust and whatnot. So it's going to be very, very intriguing to see how that game plays out. The Bengals, you know, quite honestly, can't afford any more I, I know, you know, you got huge conference wins with the Titans and, the, and, you know, the Chiefs today and whatnot. You can't really afford more division losses, though. So this this has to be something that, uh, you know, they, 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 they can't rest on this win as much as they would like to. This is a, a game that they should win. And you know, it's a game that because of the stumbles in the division in the first half of the season, it's a game you got to have, you got to have. And this time around, they will have Jamar Chase. So that's going to obviously bring a different dimension than, than was there on Halloween. But man, um, this regardless, this Bengals team, it seems like it's on a mission right now. And I played a clip last week where it was Mike Martz, former Rams coach, and now a member of the, the, the great website and, um, you know, different shows and <laughs> the team there, the 33rd team online, online uh, juggernaut, if you will, you know, saying that the Bengals are getting hot at the right time. And obviously that felt good after the Titans game and you go, well, what's, what's going to happen this week against the chiefs? Well, it, it continued. And you got to feel good that the Bengals continued that run here against the Chiefs. You got to keep it rolling. And, uh, you know, the back, you've got a couple of really tricky games, interesting games, tricky games. You've got the Browns, who you have problems with. You've got the, the Patriots in there. You've got the Buccaneers in there, who kind of knows who they are at this point in time. You've got obviously the Rams, the Bill. I mean, so there's there are some hard games, there's some tricky games, and there are some games that quite honestly the Bengals need to win. I think, you know, at this point, when you're sitting here at eight and four, if you get those two division wins, which seems like you should get them based on the way all three teams are playing, meaning Bengals, Ravens, Browns at this point in time, those two wins there, that would bode well for you. And then you probably, you know, safely, if you get 11, 12 wins in total, that really gets you going in terms of playoff seating, winning the division, that sort of thing. Um, and you hope that that positions you well. But one game at a time, and this next one always just seems to be tricky, at least for these last handful of years. So they got to take it seriously. They got to 
They got to do what they got to do to do it. But again, Bengals win a big game, 27-24, exciting game, back and forth. And they just, I mean, neither team really gave up. Neither team called it quits, but the Bengals made just like a couple more plays, especially after not executing on a couple of plays. They just made a couple more to kind of keep this win in their grasp and improve their playoff seating, improve, improve their, you know, Divisional chances, all that kind of stuff. Big, big win. Bengals beat the Chiefs at Paycor Stadium on Sunday, week 13. And they get set to face the Browns next. We'll be back tomorrow. John Sharon and myself with more on the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. If you're new here, welcome. You can catch all the live videos on Facebook and on our YouTube channel. If you like our show and want to get on the YouTube channel and join either the live stuff or other pre-recorded stuff. You got to subscribe down there, click that little icon down there, hit subscribe, hit the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. And of course, if you like the audio side of things, you can get all of our stuff on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the major ones. We are there, but you got to go subscribe to that. Leave us a review. If you can, that would help us out. We appreciate that. Good to be talking about another Bengals win here. Man, what a difference a handful of weeks makes. Guys, this team was 0-2, and they're 8-4 and now. I mean, they've since starting 0-2, they have gone on an 8-2 and tear, beating the likes of Tennessee, Kansas City. I mean, they're beating teams. They're beating teams, and it's it's impressive, and they're having fun doing it. So, And I know we're all having fun watching it, too. That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back with more this week, including late in the week, an interview with the incomparable Mike Golick, formerly of ESPN. Now with he's doing all kinds of different stuff. Happy to be talking with him, and he's going to be uh, promoting an awesome charity for Coach Mike Ditka, which is really cool. So we're going to be looking forward to talking to him, previewing the game, talking about NFL, just kind of getting the lay of the land of everything. So that will be a fun chat. See you later. Take care. Thanks for hanging out live with me Sunday night here. It's late for a lot of you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thanks for the support of the show. And keep it to cincyjungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, podcasts, and everything. Take care. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. 
design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup, developer first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.